0: Bhagavad Gita chapter six texts forty six and forty-seven. Tapasvibhyodhiko Yogi, Yogi, Yani Bhyopimatoha, Yani Byodi Yogi, Yogi, Yoginam Pi Sarvesham,
1: Yoginami
0: Sarvesam, Madgatena Bhajate Yomam, Same Yuktatamataha, than the, than the ascetics Adhikaha, Adhikaha. Greater. greater yogi yogi the yogi jnaniabhya the than the wise api. api also, also. Mataha Mata. considered. considered Adhikaha, Adhikaha. greater, greater. karmibhya than the fruit workers than the frutive workers cha also, also, Adhika, adhika greater, greater. Yogi, yogi, the Yogi, the, yogi. the, smart. the smart. therefore, therefore yogi, yogi, a transcendentalist, transcendentalist. Bhava, Abha. just become, just become. Arjuna. Arjuna. O Arjuna, O Arjuna. Translation A Yogi is greater than the ascetic, greater than the empiricist and greater than the fruitive worker. Therefore, O Arjuna, in all circumstances, be a yogi. Please repeat. A yogi yogi is greater than the ascetic, greater than the the empiricist empiricist. and greater than the fruitive worker. Therefore, O Arjuna, in all, In all circumstances, be a yogi. yogi. <coughs> we will read the translation of the next verse as well. Why is it happening like that? This camera is playing some tricks. Yoginam Yogi <coughs> of, of Yogis. Api. Api. Also, also. Sarvesham. Sarvesham. All types of, All types of matgatena abiding in me me. always thinking of me antah atmana -atmana. within himself himself. shraddhavan Shraddhavan. in full faith faith. bhajate renders transcendental loving service yah Yah. one who who. maam Maam. to me me. the supreme lord He He. may by me. me. Yukta Tama, -tama. the greatest yogi, yogi. Mata, Mata. Is is considered. Translation, and of all yogis, the one with great faith who always abides in me, thinks of me within himself and renders transcendental loving service to me, he is the most intimately united with Me in Yoga and is the highest of all. That is my opinion. Please repeat. And of all Yogis, of all yogis the, one with great faith, the one with great faith who always abides in Me, who abides in me, thinks, of me himself, thinks of Me within Himself and renders transcendental loving service, and transcendental loving service to, me. to Me, He is the most intimately united, most united with Me in Yoga and is the highest of all. That is my opinion. So when Krishna says it's his opinion, that becomes a fact. Our opinions are our own opinions. Each of the 7.8 billion people can have their opinions. But when Krishna says, that's why it's my with a capital M. That that matters. So that becomes fact. So and who is Krishna? Krishna here is defined in the last verse of the Bhagavad-Gita. Why his opinion matters? Because he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Bhagavan Vacha. Shri Bhagavan Vacha. Yatra Yogeshwara Krishna. is the first. So Krishna is defined here as Yogeshwara, who is the master of all yoga. He is the master of all mystic power. He is the originator or the origin of all mystic power. Janmaadyasayataha, everything came from Him. So, He must be the topmost, uh, not just Yogi, but Yogeshwara, the Lord of all yoga. And Yoga means to connect with this Yogeshwara, the Lord of the Yoga system, who is Krishna. In fact, Yoga means connection, as we know. Connection with what? Some people say connection between the body and mind. Otherwise it it's already there. <laughs> Even a dog has a connection. The dog is thinking, I will eat this, and the body is going and, you know, killing the thing or eating the thing. So there's connection between mind and body and everybody. But the connection means between the soul and the super soul. Atma and the Paramatma. That connection we're talking about. Anybody who is not, and the only connection, Now, between the Atma and Paramatma or the Brahma and Parabrahma is of loving service. There is a relation between the infinitesimal soul that we are and the Supreme Soul that Krishna is. And that transaction between the two, the yoga, the linking process or the linking relationship is transcendental loving service, bhakti. So actually yoga only means bhakti yoga and nothing else. Every other yoga, you know like there is karma yoga, jnana yoga, hatha yoga, raja yoga, bhakti yoga. So all these yogas are de- just like the ladder, yoga ladder. Yoga is like a ladder. Suppose at the 100th step there is bhakti yoga, which is the actual pure yoga. And because people cannot come to that stage right away because of their different mentalities, there is only a few, very, very small percentage of the population who can actually take to this yoga. Because it, it requires complete uh, abstinence from sense gratification. So, it is, people generally want sense gratification and therefore they cannot easily take to Krishna Consciousness. Actually, it is very easy, provided we agree to abstain from sense gratification and serve Krishna. That's all. That's all actually bhakti is. To employ our senses, which are not our senses, rented. These senses are rented by us. For a certain period of time only, do we have these senses at our disposal. Otherwise, when the, when the Lord wills, Sarvaharascha. As death, I take away everything. So, he's the owner. He calls the shops. When he says, get out, we have to get out. Just like the owner, when he says to the tenant, you please move out. He has to move out. You cannot do anything. So, we are only a tenant. It's not our senses. If we were the controller, we would be calling the shops, but we are not. So, we are only a tenant here. So, he is the owner, Krishna. So, therefore, his name is Rishikesha. Hrishika means senses. Isha means the Lord, the Lord of the senses. So, our senses, we say our, <laughs> at this point. Just like we say, this is my house. But actually, maybe it is a rented house. This is my house. So like that. Our senses are meant to be in His service because they are His property. That is Bhakti Yoga. But the problem is, we don't want to use our Hirshika, our senses, in His service, Krishna's service. We want to use it in our service. It is profitable when we listen to the class. So, our senses are meant for His service, but we want to use it in our service. This is our problem. This is called sense gratification. We want to gratify our senses. And it is called sparsha bahe sparsheshu asaptatma vindadyatmani yatsukham Of course, this is the person who has withdrawn from such sense gratification. He enjoys pleasure within because of his relationship with Krishna. Just by abstinence of sense gratification, we cannot get pleasure. That's why some people think, Oh, how come you all are... you don't go to cinemas? You don't go to, you know, you don't watch sport, we don't play sports. Then what is your life? You have no uh, enjoyment. I think like this. But, they do not know um, that these karmis, the sense gratifiers, they need such respite from continuous engagement in their work because it is stressful. And that's why they go to these things. But the devotee is so satisfied, that why does he need a break from happiness? (laughs) They need a break from their distressful condition and they want some you know enjoyment Relief actually, it's not enjoyment, it's relief from See, when we are watching say a cricket match the cricket players are earning something at least, materially they are getting some salary for their playing We are paying (laughs) the cable subscription with money and we are paying with our time, which can be otherwise used for Krishna consciousness. So basically, we are not gaining anything, but we are happy for some reason. This is stupidity. This is stupidity. Does it change our life in any way? No, it doesn't. It does not at all. But somehow we are just attached. This is called pramatta, meaningless madness. So. Um, even materially, there is no profit. Anyway, material profit is useless. Even that profit is not there when we do these things. So, it is a unnecessary anartha. This is called in Sanskrit anartha. Anartha means unnecessary thing. It is not necessary for our If we don't watch a cricket match, we won't die. Nobody dies by not watching a cricket match. So, we have to be concerned with whatever is minimum requirement for our body to be maintained and the rest of the time should be used for self-realization, understanding who I am, who is Krishna, who is God and how is this material nature created, why are we born, why do we die, all these things, these are the questions, subject matters of inquiry for a human being. If he does not do this, he is actually con- he is considered an animal, in fact we have shown the other class, it is compared with uh, different types of animals and also ghosts. <laughs> if a person is not interested in Krishna consciousness, yeah, he is compared to a ghost even. What to speak of? Uh, the a Chava, it is said. jivan Chava means living dead body. <coughs> living dead. I think there is a movie like that. Living dead <laughs> Horror movie. So we are actually living that horror. Who is a Jivan Shava? Shava means de- dead body. A living dead body, what is that? It means a ghost.
1: Zombie.
0: Zombie. So what is that? If our body is not engaged in Krishna's service, then we are a living dead body. In different ways it is described in different, different places of uh, Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam. So, to engage, to be linked with the Lord, is called yoga. Yoga is not a fitness program. It's not a program where you get just lose some fat, become flexible, and attract the opposite sex. That's not yoga. In fact, <laughs> today's yoga is only two things: asana and pranayama. These two things are yoga. They either do breathing exercise or do postures. And they say, this is yoga. It is not a program for just some, you know, losing fat and getting some, some, you know, some concentration, they say. This is not yoga. That's why it's called Ashtanga Yoga. Eight divisions of the yoga practice is there. And before we come to Asana and Pranayama, which are the third and fourth steps, there are first two steps first. What are they? Yama and Niyama. There are are some do's and don'ts before we even get to the point of Asana, yoga asanas. And in those Yama and Niyama, first thing, Suchau Deshe Pratishthapya, get out from the city. (laughs) Suchau Deshe Pratishthapya, that means we have to situate ourselves in a very, very sacred place. Not a place where there is full of disturbance in the mode of passion, Rajogun. No. That's why the yogis used to go to the forest. Complete, no disturbance. Suchavadesh, and in the sacred place, pilgrimage like Haridwar, Rishikesh, you will find. When you, nowadays, of course, there are quacks also. They are not yogi, smoking ganja. Not that, that is another don't. You cannot intoxicate. What yogi is in your smoking ganja? What kind of nonsense yogi is this?
1: That's
0: not yogi. So, Yama and Niyama first of all. Sthiram Asana Matmana natyu Chritam natinicham Neacham Chailajinash Kuchotaram So, how one should sit, where one should sit and how one should concentrate his mind on the Mana Samyamya Krishna said. Think of me. Not simply some blank the mind. You know, these kind of things are not yoga. Think of me, Krishna said and brahmachari vrate one has to be complete celibate nowadays we go yoga class all women are there what brahmachari is going on
1: there?
0: <coughs> and you know the yoga instructor may be a uh, sometime male and then there is a female what kind of brahmachari is huh? And that too, they wear very tight clothes. So, these, this is not completely, this is not even yoga. But in the CBD, you know, in the central business district, we, we find big, big advertisements, big billboards, the real yoga, true yoga. That's not real, that's not true. Here, I ask him, this is yoga. What we are doing here is yoga. Only here. We are not. Oh, we are not fanatic. We are saying only here. Oh, how can you say like that? Yeah, we will say. And we will prove it. Because Krishna says, Krishna says, who is my devotee? He is Yogi. So, we will go to the verse now. 646. So, he placed the Yogi Above even the ascetic, ascetic is that yogi we are talking about, who does this ashtanga yoga, all this yama, niyama, asana, pranayama, pratyahara, dharana, dhyana, samadhi. These are the ashtanga, eight parts of the yoga system. So, samadhi is the last, the highest attainment. Now, that ascetic ascetic who, you know, does all this tapasyam, the yogi is higher than that. That means, Here, when he says Yogi, he is not referring to that Yogi. He he may be called Hatha Yogi. But even higher than that is this Yogi. And that that, that Yogi is being described or defined in the next verse, which is Devotee. So, Yogi is greater than the ascetic, greater than the empiricist. This is the Jnana Yogi. And greater than the fruitive worker, Karma Yogi or Karmi. So, Karmi means, fruitive worker means, uh, he want to enjoy the fruits of his actions. Each of our actions are like a seed. And if we we sow a seed and then, suppose a mango seed and then eventually the mango tree comes, we want to enjoy the fruit of that. So, our labour, we are putting in labour so that we can enjoy the fruits of such actions. This is a fruitive worker, who is of this mentality? And 99.9% of people are in this mentality. The empiricist means who logically tries to understand he is a jnani, but he is not complete jnani, he has half knowledge. That means he at least knows that he is not this body. He understands logically, yes, there is some problem here in this material world because the more we try to enjoy here we will not be happy. So, better I refrain from this. So, this understanding of Jnani has. So, he wants to get liberated from this chain of karma. Because this chain of karma keeps us bound in this material world. Because when we do an action, in order to get or enjoy the fruit of the reaction, of that action, we have to continue our existence in this world. So, if in this life we can't, enjoy the fruit, next life we have to enjoy or suffer. Sometimes the fruit is sweet, sometimes sour, sometimes bitter. (laughs) So, empiricist, he understands this. He logically tries to understand, oh yes, I should not be engaging myself too much here, it's a waste of time. And, the ascetic, he not only understands that he is, it is a waste of time in this material world but he engages in some, some in some spiritual activity tapasya putraka sattvam so he engages in, in some tapasya but still he doesn't have complete knowledge of Bhagavan only until paramātma level paramātma is same, krishna but it is a second class understanding of the Supreme Lord third class understanding is this is Jnani, Brahman. First class understanding is of the devotee, Bhagavan. Hmm. So therefore Krishna says to Arjuna, in all circumstances be a yogi, no, purport. When we speak of yoga, we refer to linking our consciousness with the supreme absolute truth. Such a process is named differently by various practitioners in terms of the particular method adopted. When the linking process is predominantly in fruitive activities, it is called Karma Yoga. When it is predominantly empirical, it is called Jnana Yoga. And when it is predominantly in a devotional relationship with the Supreme Lord, it is called Bhakti Yoga. Bhakti Yoga or Krishna Consciousness is the ultimate perfection of all Yogas, as will be explained in the next verse. The Lord has confirmed here in the superiority of Yoga, but He has not mentioned that it is better than Bhakti Yoga. Bhakti-yoga is full spiritual knowledge and therefore nothing can excel it. As we have been mentioning, the yoga is like the ladder and the hundredth step is Bhakti-yoga, which is the actual yoga. But the other steps, because it is on the same ladder, so it is, suppose, maybe at the twenty-fifth step. So he is on the same ladder, but at the twenty-fifth step only. So that is called Karma-yoga, say for example. Karma Yoga, then Jnana Yoga, Hatha Yoga. So, all these different names of Yogas are wherever the uh, advancement is stagnated of that particular person, according to that level he is termed as Karma Yogi or jnana Yogi or Hatha Yogi or this or that. Uh, so, the real Yogi is Bhakti Yoga. Bhakti Yoga is, is full spiritual knowledge and therefore nothing can excel it. Asceticism, without self-knowledge is imperfect. Empiric knowledge without surrender to the Supreme Lord is also imperfect. So, if one is uh, is doing this tapasya, big-big tapasya, or one is uh, trying to do, um, you know, get this knowledge of uh, spiritual understanding, empirically, empirically means just by using his logic. Logic actually falls short, way short. Hmm, to understand the Supreme Law. Achintyā khaluye bhāva Starkena yojayet With our uh, understanding, with our intelligence, with uh, arguments, with debate, we cannot come to a conclusion about the uh, real uh, religious principles. We cannot. Because the Lord is Achintyā, inconceivable. But then how are we, you know, having a form of His? And how are we chanting His name? What is the meaning of inconceivable? So, this is inconceivable to our material sense. So, with any amount of exercise of our senses or our mind or intelligence, we cannot understand who God is. But when He reveals, we can understand Therefore, this sound is called Shabda Brahma. It is said that, Adhokshaja, today morning also I was saying, Adhokshaja. The Lord's name is Adhokshaja. It means, Adhakrita akshaja gyanam itya Adhokshaja-Smrita. That means, with our words we cannot describe Him. Then how are we talking about Him? This is not our words. These are Krishna's words. This is called Shabda Brahma, spiritual sound vibration. Ordinary Shabda is different. Ordinary Shabda is a Shabda produced by ordinary living entities with their limited sense and mental perception. But Shabda Brahma is revealed sound. Although it uh, resembles sound of this material world, it is not. Because with any of the sound of this material world, we cannot understand the Lord. Uh, But when the Lord reveals in Bhagavad Gita, He talks about Himself. Therefore, we understand. And we have to accept such sound without questioning. Only for our understanding, we can see um, the, how to say, the reality of such statements. In other words, for example, Krishna says, I am the taste of water. He says, I am the taste of water. Now, our mental or intellectual strength should not be... uh, um, What is that? Employed to find out if the Lord is the taste of water or not. No. Our intellectual strength should be employed in finding out how Krishna is the taste of water. Not whether or not Krishna is the taste of water. Krishna already declared, I am the taste of water. Now it is our, the intellectual strength we must only use how is he the taste of water. Let us understand. So of course Krishna says, all the five different uh, pancha-bhūtā Gūmi āpā, Anula, and then, then there is the Suvśma-bhūtā which is mana-buddhya-nahankārā So these are all his bhinna prakriti 8 kinds of separated material energies and water is one of them āpā, āpā means water And he, in fact, the water is produced from his tongue. So the taste, the quality of taste that the water has, comes from him. There is more in, explained in detail in the Shrimad Bhagavatam how water came into existence, how earth, water, fire, air, ether, everything came into existence. Which one came first, which one came second, everything. So, we have to understand like that. How it is that... How Krishna is the taste of water. That's why it is said, Our advancement of knowledge, this is from Srimad Bhagavatam 1.5.22. So there it is stated that with all our advancement, we should glorify the Lord. We should not challenge the Lord. The statements of the Veda, Shabda, Brahma are always perfect, are always perfect. So even if it contradicts our sensory uh, experience, we have to accept them as truth. As I was mentioning in the morning, there was this debate, I think it was it happened some four years ago, on a TV show, debate between scientists and uh, so-called spiritualists. And there the, you know, one of the statements given by one so-called Swami, he said, um, we should scientifically evaluate the statements of the Vedas, he said. And if they uh, don't prove to be true according to observation and experimentation, we should reject them. <laughs> and he is a Swami from the Ramakrishna Mission. This is the understanding. We should scrutinize the the statements of Vedas and if they don't conform to our scientific so-called rules established because of our sensory perception and mental strength, which are defective, we have to reject the Vedic statements. We have to alter them. You see their understanding? They They think their senses are very perfect. Whatever they see is correct. So many things we are seeing wrong. How can we say seeing is believing? Then the magician, he, he makes us believe something. But we are seeing, right in front of our eyes, he is doing it. Sleight of hand, it is called. Slight means cheating. <laughs> he is cheating us right in front of our eyes. If we say seeing is believing, we believe something. But it is not correct. He makes us believe something. So if Right in front of our eyes we can be cheated. Not just that. Ultraviolet, we cannot see. Infrared, we cannot see. We close our eyes, we cannot see. We cannot see the eyelid, which is the closest thing to the eye. We cannot see. The far things, we cannot see. If the spoon is half, bent, ha- half immersed in water, it looks bent. You want to believe your eyes? Only a fool would do so. The sun looks like a small spot in the sky. Is it a small spot? No? Millions of times bigger than the earth. So our eyes are telling different story than what the truth is. So how can we believe? So if something does not conform to our um, minuscule experience and understanding of our you know, senses and mind and intelligence which are tiny then how can we reject? A statement given by the Supreme Lord, who is the master and creator of everything. Nowadays even Hindus, so-called Hindus. Oh, I am a Hindu, I am proud Hindu. But Bhagavad Gita he doesn't believe. No, 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 I respect Bhagavad Gita. He will say, I respect Bhagavad Gita. But the statement inside Bhagavad Gita, he doesn't believe. Krishna says, Mam ekam sharanam raja. Surrender unto Me alone. No other Devata, nothing. All other devatas are my servants. But he doesn't believe this. He said, no, how can you say like this? Hinduism is a flexible religion. You can worship whoever you want. But Krishna says otherwise. Krishna says, those who worship other devatas, whatever they get from the other devatas are actually only coming from me. Without my sanction, they, they have no rights and no power to give anything. Even such exalted Devatas as even Brahma and Lord Shiva themselves. That's why even Lord Shiva says, Aradhananam Sarvesham, Vishnur Aradhanampayam. Of all worship, Vishnu Aradhan is highest. And he says, I can give my devotees anything, Lord Shiva said. But uh, Mukti I cannot give. Anything in this material world I can give. I can give anything. Materially I can give. But what is the use of the material thing? These are the statements of Bhagavad Gita. Antavattu phalamthesham, tad bhavati alpamedhasam. Alpamedhasam means, medhasam means intelligence. Sumedhasam means very intelligent. Alpamedhasam means very less intelligence. Those who are not very uh, intelligent, they take to the worship of different devatas. But if you tell this to a Hindu, there will be a riot. <laughs> Now, not only devatas, human beings are also come into to in the altar. Huh? Human beings, some Baba, some yogi, some gurudhi. Somebody will say, new Baba came. Oh, okay, give this picture. I'll put him. What if he's God? No, I should not offend him. Something bad will happen to me. I'll put inside the altar. In small picture there. Sometimes the so-called stupid Baba's picture is biggest and Krishna's picture is somewhere in the corner. This is offensive. It is, in, the, in the Shastra, it is said this is a, a, a Gnostic, this is an atheist who equates the Lord to the human being or even to a Devata. Yestu Narayanam Devam Brahmarudra De Daivatae Naiva Viksheta Sapashandi Padma Purana says he is an atheist who considers the Lord Krishna equal to even such exalted Devatas as Brahma and Shiva, who are the topmost Devatas in the universe, great devotees of Krishna. But if we consider them equal to Krishna, we are atheists. And what to speak of some paltry human being, who is a cheater on the first place. This is also called Hinduism. We don't even know the name of our religion. Hindu doesn't, The word Hindu doesn't exist in the Shastra. Where is the word Hindu? Who gave this word Hindu? Muslims gave. And we are actually, I am proud Hindu.
1: Do you know that your only religion, where the name of the religion is something
0: foreign? Not to be found in the Shastras of the religion. The word Islam can be found in the word Qur'an. The word Christianity can be found in the Bible. The word Hindu doesn't, is not found in any of the Shastras. So this is not Hindu in the first place. It's Sanatan Dharma. This is for everyone. It uh, angers me when I go to Quora.com. When people ask about Hinduism and people who answer absolutely knowing nothing about our religion, they answer absolute crap in the name of Sanatana Dharma. They say whatever they want. Nothing to do with the statements of Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Vedas, nothing. We have so much voluminous literature describing God and ourselves. We don't read a single book. Whereas other religions, they have only one book, but they read it are we not ashamed that you know we are not reading so many books we have we are not reading one book they have that they read they have classes they have organized courses and everything what we have we are not in the least interested our god is who shahrukh khan sachin tendulkar now virat kohli used to be dhoni This is where our our consciousness is, level of consciousness. And as I said, when you watch a cricket match or a movie, the movie actor is getting paid. At least he is getting some material benefit. We are paying, we are wasting our time, wasting our money, watching these people and these are our... And what we get in the end of the day? Nothing. Nothing to do with our life. This is all nonsense. So we have to understand what is actually life, what is the value of life. From Bhagavad Gita. Open the book. We are very concerned about any notifications I got. We have we have 700, 100 notifications from the Bhagavad Gita. Please read. 700 shlokas are there in Bhagavad Gita. 100 messages. <laughs> Open. 18,000 messages from Bhagavad Gita. 11,500 messages from Chaitanya Charitamrita. Read. Too many notifications are there. Empiric knowledge without surrender to the Supreme Lord is also imperfect. And fruitive work without Krishna consciousness is a waste of time. Therefore, the most highly praised form of yoga performance mentioned here is Bhakti Yoga. And this is still more clearly explained in the next verse. This is the next verse. shraddhavan bhajate yomam and of all, Yogi is the one with great faith who always abides in Me, thinks of Me within Himself and renders transcendental loving service to Me. He is the most intimately united with Me in Yoga and is the highest of all. That is my opinion. So, Krishna is now declaring here, Sri Bhagavan, who is the topmost authority. We cannot doubt his statement. Now, he is saying that the Bhakti Yogi, the devotee, my devotee is the highest Yogi. He is the highest of because he is connected to me in the best possible way, in the closest, most intimate way. Others are not as uh, higher than him. So, high as him, sorry. Purport. The word bhajate is significant here. Bhajate has its root in the verb bhaj, which is used when there is need of service. The English word worship cannot be used in the same sense as bhaj. Bhaj means, sorry, worship means to adore or to show respect and honor to the worthy one. But service with love and faith is especially meant for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. One can avoid worshipping a respectable man or a demigod and may be called discourteous, but one cannot avoid serving the Supreme Lord without being thoroughly condemned. Every living entity is part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and thus, every living entity is intended to serve the Supreme Lord. By his own constitution. Failing to do this, he falls down. Bhagavatam 11.5.3, 11th canto, 5th chapter, 3rd verse, confirms this as follows Anyone who does not render service and neglects his duty unto the primeval Lord who is the source of all living entities, will certainly fall down from his constitutional position. In this verse also, the word bhajanti is used. See the word here, na bhajanti avajananti. In this verse also the word bhajanti is used. Therefore, bhajanti is applicable to the supreme Lord only, whereas the word worship can be applied to demigods or to any other common living entity. The word abajananti used in this verse of Srimad Bhagavatam is also found in the Bhagavad Gita. Abajananti mam mudha. Bhagavad Gita chapter nine, text eleven. Only the fools and rascals deride the supreme personality of Godhead, Lord Krishna. Krishna is using all kind of flowery language. Fools and rascals! These are Krishna's condemnation of those who do not become his devotees. Hmm. Such fools take it upon themselves to write commentaries on the Bhagavad Gita with an attitude of, without an attitude of service to the Lord. You can find so many. Uh, Narendra Modi, Prime Minister of India. In the beginning of his term, he used to whenever he meets a president of a country or something, he used to give Bhagavad Gita to But that Bhagavad Gita is Bhagavad Gita according to Gandhi. The title of that book is Bhagavad Gita according to Gandhi. That is not Bhagavad Gita. That is Gandhi Gita. It should not be according to me, according to you, according to Gandhi. No, who is Gandhi? Hmm? People call him Mahatma. People call him Mahatma. But according to Krishna's terms, he is not Mahatma. Because Mahatma means one who has who is Mahatma? Bahunam Janmanamante, Jnavan prapadyate, Vasudeva Sarvamiti sa mahatma. He is defining Mahatma here. Let us see. Seventh chapter, nineteenth verse. Sudurlabha, this is very rare to see. Sudurlabha. So he is defining Mahatma. Great soul. After many births and deaths, he who is actually in knowledge, surrenders unto Me, knowing Me to be the cause of all causes and all that is. Such a great soul is very rare. And what he does, when he surrenders, after surrender what he does? This is what he does. Mahatmanas, again Mahatma. Mahatmanas tu prakriti daivim prakritimashrita bhajanti Ananyamanaso yam. O son of Pitha, those who are not deluded, the great souls, the Mahatmas, are under the protection of the divine nature, Yogamaya. They are fully engaged in devotional service because they know me as a Supreme Personality of Godhead, original and inexhaustible. So they serve only the Supreme Lord. They don't fast for a country country's sake. They fast only for Krishna's sake. Because Krishna says, What is that? dadasi yat yat kaunte ya, madarpanam. You do for my satisfaction. Whatever tapasya you do, whatever charity you do, whatever you do for my satisfaction. So we must know how to satisfy Krishna in each of our activities. To what we have to contribute? To what mission we have to contribute? And what kind of tapasya we must do? Now, we fast for Ekadasi, for Janmashtami, for all this. This is proper fasting. Fasting for a country? No. In fact, people, they attribute a lot of value to that. Patriotism, you know, uh, worshipping the motherland. Especially in India, it's very strong patriotism. Mm? But in Bhagatam, it is not a very high quality. In fact, Bhavma-Ijyadhi is patriotism in Sanskrit. One who worships the land of his birth. Bhauma. Bhumi means land. Bhauma ijya means the worship of the land of birth. And such a person is considered a Gokhara, an ass, donkey. if we are too attached to our land of birth we are no better than an animal because the dogs also have you know a land they they demarcate they also have boundary with urine they demarcate you know this if another dog comes they will smell the urine and the stool of that, of that. that's why they smell the backside of the dog to see whether this and also, of course, to have sex. And when when they when they smell some urine which is on the ground of some other dogs from another, they start barking and finding the dog. In India, there are so many stray dogs and fighting always. So how are we better than the dogs, if you are just drawing some lines and saying this is my, this is your territory, this is my territory, and then fighting? How are we better? Prabhupada said, immigration, just like dogs. Huh? Oh! Why did you come to my country? (laughs) This is immigration.
1: Uh,
0: barking. In fact, my brother, you know, Rajagisha, once he came, this was, I think, way back in 2012 or 13 somewhere. And one of the... Because, His visa for, you know, visa is valid for like two months, nine weeks, right, usually. Visit visa. So, he came and he left and then he came again within that nine weeks. He left and he came again. So, that uh, lady here, shouting at the top of her voice, Why did you come here? Who do you think you are? Shouting. Dogs. This is a dog? Yeah? Multiple, huh? multiple, yeah, yeah. Still, multiple Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is absolutely nothing against the law. You are angry with your husband, why are you shouting at other people? <laughs> huh? <coughs>
1: huh?
0: So this is nonsense, dog business. So this, all uh, patriotism is considered dog business. So if I am fasting for such a cause, I am not considered a Mahatma according to Bhagavad Gita. People may call, but who is who is supposed to give the certificate? Now when you when you graduate from a university, who will give you a certificate? The man on the street or the dean of the university? A qualified man must give, no? We get Mahatma certificate from unqualified rascals. Hmm? Now what is the use of the title? Similarly, the Gandhi also, he called some people as Harijan you know, uh, because they were discriminated against, he called them Harijan. Just by calling, changing the nomenclature won't change anything. Yes, nobody should be discriminated against. They should be helped. Everybody should be helped. Now, if somebody is low in his culture, hmm, then he has to be elevated. That's how you make him Harijan. Harijan means what? A Person of God. Person of Krishna. Person who belongs to Who is Harijan? Persons like Naradamani, persons like Shri Prabhupada, they are the ones who are carrying out the mission of the Lord. They are Harijan. In fact, because he gave the name to such people who were, you know, low in their culture, the, the name Harijan became a low-class word. <laughs> Instead of elevating them, he put Hari in a low-class position. This is his so-called Bhagavad Gita. And he said in the Bhagavad Gita, Now, you see Mrigari. You know the Mrigari story, right? muni He turned a hunter. This, there was a person called Mrigari. He was a tribal hunter in the forest. So, muni was just going into the forest. And he saw animals half dead and they were twitching and twirling in pain. But they did not die and every animal had an arrow pierced in his body. But he did not die immediately. So he was seeing so many animals like this and he followed the trail of those. He, he felt very much compassionate. Who is doing this much, you know, pain? So then he followed and then he found this hunter who was doing it. Then he stopped the hunter. Who? What are you doing? Uh, what is your name? Is it Mirgar. What are you doing? I am hunting. Are you the one who shot all these animals? I saw. Yes, yes. Then why are you shooting them in such a way that they are half-dead, they are not fully dying. That is the art I have learned from my father. It is easy to shoot an animal and kill it in an instant. That is easy. Actually, even that is difficult, honestly. He said, maybe there are many hunters who can do that, kill the animal. But I can do in such a way that I can shoot it, but it will not die immediately. It will take hours for it to die. That is the art I am... So I am proud of my art. He said, do you know that it is, Muni said, it is way less sinful, still sinful, but way less sinful to kill the animal immediately because you are not giving it as much pain. Although, because you are killing, you have to also die next life. As many animals as you have killed, that many times you you have to take birth as an animal and be killed in the same way. And by killing them, that's why the, that, that's why the Sanskrit word is called mamsa, meat. Meat is called mamsa. Mamsa means mām mām sah khadati iti mamsa. Sah means he. Mām means me. Mām sah He will eat me in his next life. There is a meaning of mamsa. Now I am so called eating him. Oh, uh, favorite word, chicken tandoori, whatever. Next life, what is that? What will happen? MAM SAHAKHADATI He will eat me. I am. This is the terms and conditions under which I am doing this. So the word itself will remind you of the law of karma. So, he said this and then Mrigari felt very bad. Oh, I will also be killed like this. No, 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 no. This is too much pain. I don't want to go through this. Then there is only one way, because now you've already killed so many thousands in your life. You will not be excused. Thousands of times you have to take this pain, not just once. Really? In the association of the Sadhu of Naradmani, his uh, his repentance came. Oh, then what, what, what can I do? There is one way. If you chant the holy name of Krishna, all your path will be gone. One stroke. But you should not repeat this. He said, you give up your bow, your dhanu. You give up. No, no, How can I live? How can I eat? This is my sustenance. This is how I live. I feed my family. No, no. I will arrange. Narad Muni said. We have to have faith in Krishna that he will arrange. He is arranging for the elephant 50 kilos every day. He cannot arrange for half kilo for us. So it is... uh, foolish to think that we cannot live so uh, okay he, he gave up then he started chanting with his wife in his house and then soon the news spread like wildfire that this great hunter has become a great devotee now and people from all the neighboring villages and everywhere they used to come and see him just like you know when there is sadhu you come and see him you used to come and see him and whenever you, it is a custom that when you see a sadhu you must bring something some offering so they used to bring rice, they used to bring dal, they used to bring vegetables, fruits, and so much so that he is too much for him now. So later on, after a few months, Narad Muni came to test, see how his uh, disciple was doing. So he came to see him with his friend Parvath Muni. Muni and Narad Muni came to. And when he saw from distance that Murgari saw Narad Muni, from his ashram he wanted to run to Narad Muni to fall at his feet. But as he was running he saw some ants on the path and he took out his cloth and uh, brushed the ants aside so that they will not be stepped on then parvatmani saw this and he told naradmani ah you are a touchstone you have touched this mrigari and he became great devotee that he, now he used to kill half kill animals now he doesn't even want to kill an ant this is harijan not simply change the name and say now they are harijan the harijan word has become uh, Hopeless work. (laughs) So he has given a a nonsense certificate to people, and people gave him another nonsense certificate, Mahatma. It was given
1: by the British.
0: British. Who are they, first of all? They are Naradham. Naradham. In fact, where did they get the word from? Indians only. So, they were doing all kinds of um, in sinful activities. What can they give certificate? Mahatma and all this. So, <clears throat> this is Mahatma. Such fools take it upon themselves to write commentaries on Bhagavad Gita. He, this Gandhi wrote commentary on Bhagavad Gita. Kurukshetra, he defined Kurukshetra because the first word in the Bhagavad Gita is Kurukshetra. Dharmakshetra, Kurukshetra. He defined Kurukshetra as this body, our body. And Pancha Pandava, the five Pandavas are the five senses. Where did you get this understanding? Where did he get this meaning from? That means he is complete. And he said himself that I am not sure if this Mahabharata is a real history. And this is the kind of person who is writing on Bhagavad Gita. So, they write commentaries. Consequently, they cannot properly distinguish between the word bhajati and the word worship. The culmination of all kinds of yoga practices lies in bhakti-yoga. All other yogas are but means to come to the point of bhakti in bhakti-yoga. Yoga Yoga actually means bhakti-yoga. All other yogas are progressions toward the destination of bhakti-yoga. From the beginning of Karma-Yoga to the end of Bhakti-Yoga is a long way to Self-Realization. Karma-Yoga without fruitive results is the beginning of this path. When Karma-Yoga increases in knowledge and renunciation, the stage is called Jnana-Yoga. When Jnana-Yoga increases in meditation on the Supersoul by different physical processes and the mind is on him, it is called Ashtanga-Yoga. And when one surpasses the Ashtanga-Yoga and comes to the point of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, it is called Bhakti-Yoga, the Culmination. Factually, Bhakti Yoga is the ultimate goal, but to analyze Bhakti Yoga minutely, one has to understand these other Yogas. Hmm. The Yogi who is progressive is therefore on the true path of eternal good fortune. One who sticks to a particular point and does not make further progress is called by that particular name. Karma Yogi, Jnana Yogi, Ardhyana Yogi, Raja Yogi, Hatha Yogi, etc. If one is fortunate enough to come to the point of Bhakti Yoga, it is to be understood that he has surpassed all other Yogas. Therefore, to become Krishna Conscious is the highest stage of Yoga, just as when we speak of the Himalayan, we refer to the world's highest mountains, of which the highest peak, Mount Everest, is considered to be the culmination. It is by great fortune that one comes to Krishna Consciousness on the path of Bhakti Yoga to become well situated according to the Vedic direction. The ideal yogi concentrates his attention on Krishna, who is called Shamsundar, who is as beautifully colored as a cloud, whose lotus-like face is as effulgent as the sun, whose dress is brilliant with jewels and whose body is flower-garlanded, illuminating all sides in his gorgeous lustre, which is called the Brahma Jyoti. He incarnates in different forms, such as Raman, Narasimha, Varaha, and Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and he descends like a human being as the son of mother and he is known as Krishna, Govinda, and Vasudeva. He is a perfect child, husband, friend and master and He is full with all opulences and transcendental qualities. If one remains fully conscious of these features of the Lord, He is called the highest Yogi. This stage of highest perfection in Yoga can be attained only by Bhakti Yoga as is confirmed in all Vedic literature. para bhaktir <speaking> Yathadeve Tathagurau yarthah Prakashante Mahatmanaha only unto those great souls who have implicit faith in both the Lord and the Spiritual Master are all the imports of Vedic knowledge automatically revealed. Svitāśvarata Upanishad, 6th Chapter, 23rd verse. The definition of Naishkarmiyam means to act in such a way that there is no reaction. Bhakti means devotional service to the Lord, which is free from desire for material profit either in this life or in the next. Devoid of such inclinations, one should fully absorb the mind in the Supreme. That is the purpose of Naishkarmiya. Gopal Tapani Upanishad, Chapter 1, Text 15. These are some of the means for performance of Bhakti or Krishna Consciousness, the highest perfectional stage of the yoga system. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports to the 6th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita in the matter of Dhyana Yoga. Now these are the concluding verses, 2 concluding verses, 646 and 647. Concluding verses of the 6th chapter, which is the first third of the Bhagavad Gita. If you, um, if we, um, I'll, I'll take out the reference. See here in the purport, there is mentioned the Bhagavad Gita has 18 chapters. You see.
1: Mm.
0: The words idam viditva indicate that one should understand the instructions given by Sri Krishna in this chapter and the 7th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. One should try to understand these chapters not by scholarship or mental speculation but by hearing them in association with devotees. Chapters 7 through 12 are the essence of Bhagavad Gita. The first six and the last six chapters are like coverings for the middle six chapters which are especially protected by the Lord. If one is fortunate enough to understand Bhagavad Gita, especially these middle six chapters in the association of devotees, then his life at once becomes glorified beyond all penances, sacrifices, charities, speculations, etc. For one can achieve all the results of these activities simply by Krishna consciousness. So, as you know now, 18 chapters in the Bhagavad Gita there are and a total of 700 shlokas, exactly. And the first six chapters and the last six chapters protect the middle six chapters. So if you see the first six chapters, Krishna is talking about, you know, Karma Yoga, Sankhya Yoga, Buddhi Yoga. Buddhi Yoga is actually a devotional service, uh, but it becomes more pronounced from seventh chapter onwards. And you can already see it as we end the sixth chapter He emphatically now, until the sixth chapter, this sixth, sixth chapter, 47th verse, all the first five chapters until the end of sixth chapter. Krishna did not, Krishna did say third chapter, thirtieth verse, he did mention but not as in clear terms as in this verse, 647. He also explained many types of Yajnas in the 4th chapter and Karma Sanyasa Yoga in the 5th chapter, Karma Yoga in the 3rd chapter. So many, so many things he described. But he is now coming to the point of Bhakti Yoga which is, you know, he is saying that of all these Bhakti Yoga is the highest. And he is transitioning to this seventh chapter. And as you can see, just see, let's have a glimpse of the first verse. You see, there Bhakti Yoga starts with Shravanam Kirtanam Vishno. See so how many lectures Prabhupada gave? 17.1. It's going on now. You see this is 7.1 Shri Bhagavān Vāchaṁ mayāsakta manāh pārtha yogam yunjan madashraya asamshayam Samagram māṁ yathā ghyāsasi tat Shrunu. śrūnu means here. Bhakti starts with hearing. Starting here. So, he is mentioning this pure Bhakti Yoga in 6 chapters from 7th to 12th. And in the 13th again he starts with, you know, Kshetra and Kshetrajna. The soul. Okay super-soul, in the body and then he goes to the three modes of material nature in the fourteenth chapter and then the Purushottam Yoga in the fifteenth chapter, which is again the tree of work, you know, the Urtham the tree of work, how to, and then sixteenth chapter, Daiva and Asuri Sampath, the qualities of the demons and the devotees. and the seventeenth chapter, the divisions of faith, again, uh, referring to the three modes and in 18th chapter also you will find reference to the three modes and then finally he concludes everything in 18th chapter and finally he says Sarva Parityajya Mamekam Saranam Praja again emphatically at the end he concludes everything by saying surrender unto me alone Sarva Parityajya all dharmas you give up and surrender unto me because this is real dharma if you thought any other thing was dharma other than surrendering to me you have been mistaken surrender to me this is real thing. Yeah. I will deliver you from all sinful reactions. We are all sinful. Otherwise, why we are here? We have been sinful either this life and previous life and millions of previous lives. So we have a lot of stock of uh, result of sinful activity that we have to suffer for many many lifetimes. And, and in each day, there is some uh, statistics that, uh, psychological statistics, that one, a person makes about 4000 decisions in a day. It seems, on average. It can be very small decision, it can be very big decision, anything, 4000 a day. Without even our known. So when you do the decision, and when you do something, we are sowing a seed of karma. We are sowing a seed there. Every day we are sowing 4000 seeds means, <laughs> we wish you said a long lives. I say many happy returns of the day. I think today is somebody's birthday, right? Some birthday. Ah. We wish many happy returns of the day. That means, may, many, may you have many birthdays. May you live a long life. It is only worth it. It is only worth it if you are Krishna conscious. If we live a long life like the tree. Tree lives very, very long. Some trees live for thousands of years. Without Krishna consciousness, It is a useless waste of time and not just a waste of time. Each day of such a long life, we are sowing four thousand seeds of karma and those will fructify one day. And how many lives we have to take like that? Just imagine, see what we are doing. How much dangerous this is, business, without Krishna Consciousness. That's why we have to become very strongly Krishna Conscious. Not simply like, yeah, yes Prabhu, I'll come Sunday-Sunday, like church program. Sunday Mass, I'll come in here and go, nice class Prabhu, see you. What kind of program? No. It has to be serious. Every day we must practice. Even if you're not coming to the temple we have to, at home, we have to practice. We're very serious about this. Because at the end of the day, at the end of our life, sorry, we have to remember krishna ante narayana smriti because the last thought of our life is what determines our future we want to pass that exam of final exam of death then we have to prepare well an unprepared student cannot perform well in the final exam right so if you are not abhyasa it is said that because people say prabhu my work is very busy you know i have no time Okay, so, Prabhupada says in the 8.7 purport, Krishna says to Arjuna, Think of me and fight. If we think we are busy, you know how busy Arjuna was? He was on the battlefield. I don't think we are as busy as Arjuna. (laughs) If one moment of inattention, the arrow will just pierce his neck, he will be dead. One moment. And the war goes on from morning sunrise to sunset, without stop. Only at sunset it stops. And then next sunrise again resume. You know, for that many hours you have to have concentration like none, nobody else. If the boss goes a little bit away, I can just, you know, relax (laughs) for a while. (laughs)
1: There is no such thing.
0: And nowadays work from home, I can do whatever I like actually. Hmm? But... <clears throat> he is not working from home, he was right on the battlefield facing not just ordinary, you know, some useless fellows. He was facing Bhishma, Drona, Karna, Bhurishrava, uh, what is that, Jayadrat, uh, Duryodhan, stalwart warriors. No match, Pandavas were no match for the Kauravas, the strength of the Kauravas. Nobody could defeat Bhishma in the war. There was no personality on that battlefield who could defeat Bhishma. He defeated Parshuram also, his own guru. <laughs> and Arjuna is nothing, he is a grandson. He is nobody compared to Bhishma. So, at, in that position Krishna is saying, Ma chan. You think of me and at the same time you fight. What is this? That means, how is it possible? How is that possible actually? I mean, let's pick, come to practical terms. How is it possible that I can think of Krishna at the time and at the same time I fight? That is only possible with love. Only when a person loves someone, no matter what he is doing, he will always remember that person. In even the trying circumstance, whatever he is thinking, he still thinks of that person out of love. So you have to develop that love for Krishna. And Prabhupada mentions in that purport, 8.7, purport, 8 chapter 7th verse. That if we can't remember Krishna while we are struggling for our existence, what chance do we stand to remember Him at the time of our death? Which is way more than our current struggle, so-called struggle, we say. Actually, if we really evaluate our day, if we do an audit of our day, there is one motivational, what is that, some some productivity, uh, uh, what is that, uh, method, where they do time audit. So, there is a sheet, Uh, suppose morning I wake up at 4 a.m., 4 a.m. to 4.15, 4.15 to 4.30, 4.30 to 4.45, like this all the way until n. end, maybe say 10, 10 o'clock. So, every 15 minutes. So, before you even do some uh, evaluation of what you are doing, first understand how you are spending your time. So, like this 15 minutes, so what did I do in this 15 minutes, write down. In, in one, two words, maybe a phrase like that. So, do that for two weeks or a week and see where the time is going. This is something, there is a method like that. So, actually, if we really evaluate, we, we do an audit of our time, every fifteen minutes like that, we will actually be wasting a lot of time, wasting. Some people may not be wasting. They Actually, may be fully engaged but then the thing question should be asked where the priorities are if i am very busy suppose really actually i am they say oh i am um, what is that? i have full job satisfaction i am fully involved immersed in my job some people say elon musk he is very you know uh, rigid with his time maybe he likes his work but now the point is is it going to help him at the time of death if he cannot remember Krishna at the time of death, he will become maybe a deer with musk. <laughs> musk come from deer, right? Yes. Um, a good chance. No, I'm not saying that he should become, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he becomes a devotee. But apparently from what I understood, he is an atheist. But then I will become a deer with some musk scent, maybe. What is the point? Wanted to go to Mars. Where, where did I end up in a forest? Some deer. So, it's possible it's not. I mean Bharat Maharaj became deer. He became musk. <laughs> so, so if we are very busy, if we don't have time for Krishna, we are, uh, we are living a very dangerous life. Very, very dangerous life because we do not know when the last moment comes. When we prepare for our exams, when we are a student, we have a schedule. Okay, this is when your final exams will be and this is the date of your exam and time of our exam. But we don't have such notice. Any time it can come and we have to be ready at that time. So that means every moment we have to be alert. We have to be alert. Red alert. Hmm. So, how can we discount any moment as? Uh, ah, I will just relax. It's not this. We are not saying you cannot relax. Relax means you relax, and you can also relax in Krishna consciousness. You can just relax and think about Krishna, play some, learn some harmonium, learn hmm. you know, That Recreation is also there. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> our thing is actually relaxed only. Krishna consciousness is relaxed. There's no tension. Of course, the devotee takes a lot of anxiety to serve Krishna. His anxiety is not his anxiety. His anxiety is to see other people anxious. He sees, Socheta to Vimukha Cheta Saindriya Artha Maya Sukhaya Bharam Udvahato Vimudha And Pralat Maharaj says, Naivodvijayaparadhuradhyayavaitaranyas Tvadviryagayana Mahamrata Magna Chikta He says, I am completely bindas. <laughs> I have nothing to worry. Why? Because I am always glorifying you, O Lord. But I am very much concerned with, by seeing these people of this world, wasting away their lives, suffering so much, carrying this burden of materialistic life, and they are thinking they are happy and illusion. So this is what actually bothers me. So to help them, he will take all kinds of risks. He will undergo all kinds of adventures. Just like Srila Prabhupada, how he went to America? At the age of 69, alone in a ship. In a cargo ship, not some cruise ship, you know. Don't think he went in some cruise ship, 5 star, you know. No, 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 no. no. Cargo ship he went to. Freighter. And a small ship, 10,000 tonner ship is is a matchbox in the ocean. It's a nothing. So he went in that ship. And he suffered two massive heart attacks, two consecutive... Oh, for what? For us, he was happily sitting in Vrindavan. There was no need for him to do any of this. He could have happily, you know, think, thought of Krishna and... You no, know, but he took that anxiety, took that risk, took that adventure to help us. Uh, so devotee's um, anxiety is that, how to help others. Prahlad Maharaj says, I am... There are, there are people who go to the Himalayas and in the serene atmosphere, they sit down and, you know, peaceful and all that. I am not interested, Prilad Maharaj said in that. Yes they, yes, they are great yogis, fine, but I am not interested in that. I, I consider them selfish. Prilad Maharaj, who is, you know, Narasimhadev came for him. He saying, I consider such yogis as selfish because they are only worrying about their own deliverance. How can they save themselves from this? world of Maya. I want to be in the busiest part of the world, so that I can reach out to more people and tell them about this process of bhakti yoga, so that they can be um, saved from this turmoil of Maya. So that is that is the real uh, attitude of a preacher. A preacher is not simply convert, 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 you know, Convert means you convert by quality. Save them, save them from... They have converted themselves from servants of Krishna to something else now. Remind them that don't convert yourself to nonsense, you come. Become servant of Krishna and solve all your problems. So that is real Yogi. He does not only connect with Krishna, but he wants to make everyone connect with Krishna. Yoga. Yoga means connection that is topmost yoga. So, I would like to stop here. Any questions or comments on this topic? Anybody has? Yeah, Adhira does is saying 7 9, that is the verse. <coughs> So nothing else? So, Shri Bhagavad Gita Ki Jai, Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gita Gaur Prima